I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated or underseen. I'm the host for this week, Josh Allen, and I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host, Alice Oliver. Alice, how are you doing? You all right? I'm very well. Very well, thank you, Josh. And yourself? Well, I'm excited, aren't I? Oh, are you always excited? I'm always, always excited. excited. I'm like a Especially puppy. Especially excited today. A film-loving puppy. You are a bit like that, yeah. actually, to be fair. It's quite Thank accurate. you. Cheers. <laughs> that is a compliment. Yeah. That is definitely a good thing. <laughs> uh, no, I'm very excited because we're joined by another fantastic guest. We're joined by, uh, she's a film critic, she's a writer, she's a journalist, she's a podcaster. Rihanna Dillon, how, how are you doing? Hi, I'm really well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, it's, it's, an absolute, it's an absolute pleasure. Always nice to have. So I think you're our second is it second film critic? We had Clarice Lockery on just after lockdown. Oh, <laughs> so, nice. No, just before lockdown, I think it was. And now, and now, you're, now you're, you're joining us a few, just a few years and a couple of lockdowns and economic <laughs> crises later. Um, so, so yeah, thank, thanks very much for coming on. So we, we always start with a completely random, non-film related question. And I always put it out to the listeners and I've got one here. This is a good one that me and Alice picked between us from eTims over on Twitter, um, who I will give a little shout out to when this comes out. That's at eTimsNet. Um, what is, and I'll come to you first, Alice, what's the most, okay. this is this could be a contentious one, what's the most uh-huh. overrated sitcom? Okay, so there are, a couple, there are a couple that sort of immediately come to mind, and I'm not shitting on anything. Everyone's got their own individual yeah, This taste, is all opinion, all it's all That's opinion. That's what we're all about on this, on this podcast, but I do think the Big Bang Theory <sighs> is pretty overrated. Um, I never really laughed at Two and a Half Men, but the most overrated one and the one that I just don't understand is The Ranch, right? Now, I wasn't sure if it would be overrated or not with Ashton Kutcher, right? But I remember watching a few episodes of it. It just popped up on Netflix like a few years ago. And I was like, well, I'll give that a go. Started watching it. I was like, oh my God, this is horrendous. And then for this, I checked. It's got 7.5 on IMDb. And I was like, what the hell? Who has been rating that? So it's, that's it's gotta episodes be. for me on IMDb. People go in and rate episodes. Yeah, yeah. Who's like going in and it's like, oh, the, the, the one with the Germans in Faulty Towers, that's good. That's, I'm going to take the time to select that individual episode oh, and no, give it I a to- 10. I, I totally understand that, especially if you look at something like Game of Thrones where there are very clear, like stronger episodes and weaker episodes. So no, I totally get that. But I was just absolutely astounded to see that The Ranch had a 7.5. It isn't funny. It isn't smart. It isn't sophisticated. I was watching it and I was like, because the laughing track as well is so prominent. Mm. And I was like, are these jokes? Like, is this funny? I was like, this isn't funny. So, so that's so got to be So two thirds of the ones you've just given have got Ashton Kutcher in them at some point. I know, yeah. What's your problem with Ashton? Do you know what I mean? Your, <laughs> well, nothing it? until recently. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, I should have said that. <laughs> we'll get on to that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the one, that's the one. So The Ranch, Two and a Half Men and The Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory, just not as, I don't think it's as good as people think it is. Mm. Uh, what about you, Josh? What's your one? I think I know what your answer's going to be. <laughs> this is, oh, this is going to get me cancelled. Save, when, when Save I, space. When I picked, when I picked this, when we picked this question, because I thought, I don't know if I'm even going to answer it, because uh-huh. because it'll just ruin my very minimal career in this industry. And it is, I'm sorry to say, it's Friends. 
Mm-hmm. I'm just. Mm-hmm. I'm, oh, that's yeah. not bad. I thought you were going to say something really edgy. I think all of Gen Z would agree with you that <laughs> what about friends? Overrated. It's, <laughs> it's because so all a load of my friends love it to the point where they they quote it. You know, if you're all together, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah just over my head. I have tried. It's not that I've not I've not watched all of it. I've tried to watch it, and right. obviously, it's one of those things. It's like The Simpsons. It's so intrinsically linked to pop culture that yeah. you can have never seen it and still know what pivot means, mm-hmm. and um, or you know, smelly cat, and we all were that. on a break. Oh, yeah, we were on yeah. a break. All, all that sort all the of classics. stuff. Yeah, but I just yeah. so so it's not. I don't think it's awful. I just don't think it's as good as a lot of people think it is. And I just for me, it's like it's you touched on it, Alice. I can't. I don't do laugh tracks. Mm, it's hard it's hard when you after you after you spend because when we were kids growing up in the 90s i feel like laugh tracks were just everywhere they were on everything so you just kind of get used to it and you don't really notice it then when you move away from it and go back to it and you start noticing them again it's like oh my god this is horrendous like it's it feels like such a weird just a really weird thing to happen to television yeah it's so prominent in american telly now whereas obviously we got to like the late 90s and had the office peep show Mm. um phoenix knights and the royal family and and we it it became a lot more stripped back and a lot more character driven and stuff like Mm. that whereas you still have people in america cheering because a celebrity comes on Mm -hmm. whereas in this country like no 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 we don't (laughs) cheer none of that none of that (laughs) thank you I had a Come real on, shock once when I <laughs> Sorry, went to the theatre in America and everyone cheered. Bill Nye was in it and oh, yeah. uh, everyone cheered when he came on stage. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? You don't do that in the theatre. I felt like so like repressed British person. I was like, this is so not allowed. But they just love an excuse to make love noise. it. I remember seeing someone retweeting an American cinema in the, the Iron, Iron Man clicking his fingers bit at the end of Endgame. And someone just retweeted and put, I would simply leave. <laughs> because everyone's cheering. And they're just like, no, 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 not for me. Not saving the world. Thank you very much. So, so yeah, so my mind's friends. And I also, I, I thought about the Big Bang Theory, but mm. I haven't really watched it. Whereas I have, tr- I have okay. tried to sit and watch friends mm-hmm. in a sort of what's this all about Alfie sort of way. And I have, you know, there's the odd bit, which is really, really funny. Um, but I just, yeah, it's never really, and I don't know if it's the laugh track. I don't know if it's cause it's American. My parents weren't big on American stuff. Like mm. where, where, like my mum would, didn't like, I don't know if, it, I don't know why, but they were very much like, they didn't watch American stuff. They didn't watch American sitcoms and stuff. Maybe they, maybe they just really hate the revolution or something like that. You know, maybe, maybe. I've never bitter. asked them. Still uh, bitter. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they can't get over the Boston tea party. They, oh, mm. They've always said that. Uh, but uh, yeah. So friends of mine, what about you, Rihanna? Is there a, is there a sitcom you think is really overrated? I mean, there are like things like Miranda and Mrs. Brown's boys, mm. which I've, I just mm-hmm. find unwatchable. Mm. I feel like Miranda, I just cannot I do not understand how anybody watches that show mm. in a, yeah, in okay, a serious yeah. capacity. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then American-wise, How I Met Your Mother, I never really understood point. or got into. But I think, again, like you, the, there are like these sitcoms that either I watched or I didn't. And I only watched the ones that I wanted to watch, if you know what mm. I mean. So I might have started. So like Shit's Creek, I started like oh, one, two episodes. And I just, but I know I couldn't get into it. Oh, could you not? No. Oh, I know. I, I, so I, we, I really like Shit's Creek. I just didn't think it was... What I liked about it was it's really heartwarming, but it's not, I don't think it's that funny. Like there's, right. there's, there's, so you don't go for the of, humor, you go for the emotion. Yeah. So mm. I enjoyed it. I liked the characters, but I was never, there was never any moment when I was, you know, holding my sides laughing, whereas I can still go back to the office and peep show mm. and all the ones I mentioned before and still, and still laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. or it's always sunny like I, like that's one of my favorites is always sunny yeah. in philadelphia which again is i've never quite, seen it it's quite but... polarizing it's yeah the, it's, it's the sort of show because both me and alice like it but it's impossible to get people to watch it because you go they go what's it about and you go a load of people who own a bar and they're horrible and they're dicks <laughs> and, and that's, that's all i've heard that's, that's all i've heard yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it's about so um and there's there's elements of it. it's like it's almost gone past the point now of like i i don't even know if it gets new watches anymore new viewers <laughs> i i think it's just got a solid fan base and those people just watch it rewatch it over yeah. and over again um, mm-hmm. so so yours is um miranda mrs brown's boys and how i met your mother 
Yeah, I think those are all dreadful. But then only because, like you say, like the golden ones, when you have something like spaced or... Spaced, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's like actual gold. Mm. Um, Then it just kind of puts everything else... It just makes everything else so insignificant. Like you say, the royal family. I mean, Mm. how can you possibly compare? Because it sort of feels like these like longer running sitcoms in America are almost like churning it out and they have to have a story of mm. the week and everything. Whereas that's, I think with the British ones, cause they're obviously shorter and you know, they, mm. 22 they, episodes in a series. They, yeah. They, and they managed <laughs> to have like emotion and laughs mm. and managed to be sardonic and maybe it just kind of plays, you know, to, to British audiences better. One, one American one that I just think is untouchable is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh I yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine's great. Yeah. yeah, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is Park, brilliant. Parks and Rec, yeah. solid. Do yeah. you have a, so in the spirit of the podcast? Then I'll, I'll come to you first, Alice. Can you think of an, a, a sitcom you think more people should watch? Uh, more people should watch. That's a tricky one. I mean, if if anyone hasn't seen Peep Show, my God, mm. like it, it's one of the best things that's ever been on TV. Um, like you say, it's always sunny. I mean, you're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. <laughs> But I think, I reckon the one that I've properly laughed out loud the most at is Community. Yeah, it's a good shout. It's so funny. I watched, (laughs) I watched not all the episodes, but season one to three again recently, like sort of binge watched it on the bounce. And it's still excellent and it still absolutely binds. So I think if you haven't seen Community, I I think that would be my one, my recommendation for sure. It's so Mm -hmm. good. It's Uh, so funny. I wouldn't chang a thing about it. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, what would yours be, Josh? I'd be tempted to say like it's always sunny, but do you know what I'm going to mm. say? Because I don't think enough people see it. Because I think I think a it has been hard to get hold of in the past, and b I think people see the subject matter and assume it would go over the heads. But for me, it'd be the thick of it. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I think is incredible, and I think people yeah. see it and assume it will go over their heads. But actually, mm-hmm. the fact that it's set win the whips in Westminster it doesn't really mean anything it's just more to do with a load of incompetent people trying to run something yeah yeah um, so I, I recommend the very close of it, to the yeah. bone though isn't it at the moment yeah well yeah there's a there's an element isn't there, of people going oh they should make more and even Armando she has said it's not funny anymore is it so yeah. I can't like <laughs> it, it's funny when it's like they're trying to you know launch a new initiative that's a bit like it's like spongy concrete or something yeah yeah. but in real life when it's like oh how do we put the country back together yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, not, like it's not the same what is there an underseen one you'd say rihanna um again just because you know british um like early 2000s what two of my favorites i don't i guess they are sitcoms i don't know if they count um green wing and teachers are teachers. two of my like all yeah. my favourite. I don't think I've seen Teachers, you know. Oh, it's so it's on, good. I think it's all on all four. It is. I think you yeah, can get it on, on if you want to. Yeah, if you want to. My, so my partner would say, who edits and produces this would say um, Nighty Night. She loves Nighty Night. But I've never. Oh, Nighty Night is so, so fucking dark. I know. It's and I've so never nasty. watched it. I love it. It's been I, a while since I've returned to it. <laughs> it is great. Okay, so we'll get on with talking about this week's film then, which is Get Over It from 2001. So, um, spoiler warnings if you've not had time to watch it um, in the 20-odd years since it came out. So we'll come to you first, Rihanna, on this one. So get over it then. What um, What is it about and why did you pick it for the podcast? So it's very loosely based on A Midsummer Night's Dream, but it's set in a high school. Um, it's, a, it's a high school comedy. So Burke is like the main character. He's in love with Alison, who's just broken up with him. She falls for this boy band member, Stryker, <laughs> um, who also goes to their high school. And while Burke moons over her, he is loved from afar by Kelly, his best friend's sister. Um, and I should say that Kelly is played by Kirsten Dunst and Ben Foster plays Burke. Um, and it's I chose this because it is... I had so much fun with this when I was younger. Like I, it was, a, it's a really nostalgic watch for me, and I feel like it didn't get spoken about in quite the same breath as something like Ten Things I Hate About mm. You, which is obviously in the exact same category of being a high school Shakespeare adaptation. Admittedly, it's a superior one. I will say that now. 
<laughs> I'm not trying to say that Get Over It is a masterpiece, but there is definitely something about it which I absolutely love because mm. it's so it's like this sort of chaotic fever dream where not everything kind of makes sense or adds up and if you kind of scratch the surface which I guess we kind of are today you know it, it kind of falls apart very very quickly but actually <laughs> for, for a teenager <laughs> I really love it <laughs> so are you saying it's sort of a little bit underseen and a little bit underrated it's both. The, yeah, pe- yeah people aren't watching it now and at the time it deserved a better reaction I think so. It got mm. really like critically panned. I mean, <laughs> still now, I think it's got like under six on IMDb. So, Alice, mm. had you seen it before? I feel like I you might have seen it. Oh, I thought you were going to say you had. This no. is the sort of film I can imagine you saying you'd seen. Yeah. Well, this is the interesting thing about when you say that you feel like it's a little bit underseen because given like when it came out and the sort of films that I would have been watching at the time, this would have fit right in Mm -hmm. with that sort of thing like she's all that bring it Mm. on Mm. 10 things about you all that I was watching all that and they were all very present for me at that age but this I'd never even heard of it I don't think so I I had like no expectations at all going into this which I do quite enjoy uh what about you Josh should you I don't think you'd seen when when Rihanna picked it I actually out loud went oh yeah I've seen that and then found it on Amazon and went I have not seen that. Oh, no, <laughs> um, and I think because the title's quite generic, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I was thinking it was like, like you say, bring it on. She is all that. Mm-hmm. At one point, I thought I maybe the film I've seen is called Snap Out of It, and uh, right. that's not. I don't think that's a film. I've so, never heard of that. uh, that's an Arctic <laughs> Monkey song, though. yeah. <laughs> But it does sound like that sort of film, doesn't it? Like yeah, it, yeah. like snap out of it or whatever. So no, I hadn't seen it. So I obviously, when I when I got it off off uh, off a streaming service, I saw that it was a Midsummer Night's Dream, which is a really which is one of the better Shakespeare plays. That well, mm. they're all good, but it's one of the ones I prefer. Um, so let's let's get stuck in there now. So what what did you think then? What did you think of it overall? So I I thought it was okay. I definitely think that if I'd watched it at the time and when I was the age of the target audience, that this would have been a bit of me for sure. Um, But there is definitely a lot in there to like. So you've got pretty strong performances here across the board. So I don't think anyone stands out really as being weaker than the others. And it boasts a heck of a cast as well. It's probably more impressive in hindsight because we now know how a lot of these people's careers went. Mm. But I was mostly impressed with everyone, but particularly Martin Short, who plays the (laughs) drama teacher slash production director. So his character and his performance are really enjoyable to watch. And he comes across as like this failed wannabe actor who has ended up teaching high school kids so there's a lot of frustration that that is in his performance and sometimes it's bubbling under the surface but other times it's very overt in the way that he speaks to the teenagers and the way that he treats them and I think he really helped lift the energy of the whole film and he is a source of the lot of the comedy for me and I think again watching this sort of film when you're a bit older it's like how I felt about the dad in Beethoven like you you connect with the older characters a little bit more because I'm probably well I'm probably closer to his age than I am to the student's age so for him he's like oh yeah he's the funny one he's he's the one and so I thought all all the cast and all the performances pretty much were great and there was something in this film that I absolutely love in films or tv shows and that is a music video that only exists in the world (laughs) that the filmmakers have gone to the effort to create, right? So Alison's new boyfriend, Stryker, was in a band or is in a band or something. And we get to see a bit of one of his music videos that they did. And that's pretty much just guaranteed to get a laugh out of me every time. (laughs) I always love the effort they go to, the fact that they've written a song for him. I love all that stuff. Um, What about you, Josh? What were some of the things that you liked about this? Yeah, overall, I I really enjoyed it. I thought there's plenty to like in there. So let's talk about the performances. So, So Ben Foster is the lead in this. Now, Ben Foster, I didn't realise he was even sort of doing acting at this point. He's so young in this film. And a mm. lot of the people in this film have gone on to, to bigger and better things and are so young. Like, I know they're not high school appropriate age, but they're, they're it's quite a good they're attempt. Close. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. close. I mean, like Mila Kunis is in this and she's 17. Yeah. She's Perfect. she's so like she's so young looking. She's a lot younger than the yeah. others, but Kirsten Dunst and, and Colin Hanks, Ben Foster. So Ben Foster's really good in this. He so I think Ben Foster's a really underrated actor. Mm. I think he should he should be a more so a little while ago. 
um, before we even covered the films on it, Alex, I, I did a thing of when they announced the MCU were going to be doing the Fantastic Four when they bought them back and all that sort of stuff. I did a thing on the Instagram of who should play Doctor Doom, and I said Ben Foster. I think Bob, Ben Foster would be a really good, big MCU villain. Not that that's the pinnacle of a career. I just think he's the right profile where he doesn't really come with much baggage, but mm. is, is an incredible actor. Even in, He's a good actor in bad films. Mm-hmm. So he he's one of these people who always turns up and delivers. So like, I don't think it's a bad film, but he's amazing in the 2005 Punisher with Thomas Jane. He's good in like um, I know I haven't, I haven't seen it, it's on my to watch this, but I believe Hell or High Water is is a really really good film and stuff like that. So I thought he was really good in this. I think he's got a really good everyman quality to him because he's not like a con- I'm, I'm not saying he's not a good looking guy or anything like that, but he's not like a conventional, you know sort of like Heath Ledger or a, or a, you know, yeah. or someone, he's an someone like that. in this, Yeah, I think. he is a bit of an in-betweener. Mm-hmm. He, he is, so so that was good. Kirsten Dunst, really, really likeable. She always, well, it, when she's casting roles where she needs to be likeable, she's always very likeable. Great chemistry between the two of them as well. I actually believe that those two people would want to be together because I believe, don't know for sure, but they might have been at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, Martin Short, I, I had him down as a, as a highlight. I mean, he, he steals every scene that he's in. He sort of mm-hmm. looks like a... He looks like a Limmy sketch show character, doesn't he? With like oh the, the, God, the, the beard yeah. and all and all that, but he looks great in that. Um, yeah, loved the sort of what I loved the, what they did with some elements of what you expect from Shakespeare. So, for example, this film not fully, but sort of has a chorus. Mm-hmm. So it starts with um, him breaking up with Alison, and then there's a band who introduced the film, but it's almost like they are bringing you into the world of film in the way that a choric narrator would do in in in, in Shakespeare. Oh, that's nice, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was really good. Hadn't thought about vitamin C for about 20 years. And then when she <laughs> I, came, I was like, I haven't oh, yeah. since I saw remember, this film. <laughs> so she was in, um, do you remember, the? did you ever watch the Amanda show, either of you, when that was on? Mm-mm. It was Amanda Bynes's show that was oh, like yeah. um when you know back in the day um and vi- i remember vitamin c was on that as a musical guest and apart from that all i remembered was yeah that she was a pop star around that time um some sort of really good um sort of devices are used in this as well so like there's a lot of stuff where they intersperse so it's an adaptation of a minute's midsummer night's dream in which the characters in the adaptation adapt <laughs> a midsummer <laughs> night's dream so I write, I liked that because what I liked is they interwove it with like almost weird dream sequences where they were the characters in a midsummer of a night's dream and, you know, and it, and it told the story. So I thought that was really good. Some really interesting shots in there and really sort of, uh, and, and stuff like that. Um, so like when he sees Shane West, uh, uh, Stryker, sorry, kissing, is uh, kissing Alison, there's that bit where he's on his own and he sees them kissing and they're on their own. So stuff like that. I thought interesting little things that kept you engaged rather than it being you know, the plot itself is relatively formulaic, but I thought there were some really interesting little devices in there and, you know, pretty funny as well. I thought like there was some yeah. pretty good slapstick moments in there and stuff like that. But let's let's come to you, Rihanna, because obviously you you've you've picked it and I'm and I'm waffling on. So what do you what do you like about this film? I mean, yeah, all of the things that you've mentioned. I do think those the kind of the cinematography of when they film those um like escapist Shakespearean scenes in in a forest are really beautiful. Mm. Um, because it's still like a set. It looks still like a set almost, but that's allowed because we are in the world of theatre almost like twice over. Um, so I found that really enjoyable. Um and I, I, yeah, I, I think that the kind of high school can see, I kind of, like I said, I like that it's a bit, I like that it's quirky and weird mm. and not like, for example, like the parents are like these sex sort of <laughs> like ther- sex therapists, like or therapists on yeah. TV and like the idea of, you know, they, they come and go just to be like hilarious for like two scenes. Um, and there's no, not much, although it, I was listening to um, Chris and Rosie Ramsey earlier, mm. Shag Married Annoyed, their podcast. And I was thinking, actually, it's quite similar, isn't it? Because I was like, we don't really have that sort of sex therapist thing on, you know, for kids to be really embarrassed if it was their parents. But actually, they were talking quite like explicitly about their <laughs> sex lives on this podcast. I was like, oh, actually, that's our version now, is that everybody says whatever on these podcasts. Yeah. Um, which will haunt them, haunt their children at least forever. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just I I think it's just infused with so much silliness. And if like I said about the fever dream, it kind of feels like people were high when they were making this film. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like everything yeah. just was a little bit odd and a little bit off kilter. 
Um, like they go to a sex show and mm. Carmen Electra turns up <laughs> but this, as this dominatrix and Coolio has a cameo at the mm. very beginning, but he doesn't speak. Um, like, why is he there? It's completely inexplicable. But also, I don't care. I didn't mind that. I, I kind of like that they're just dropping all this random shit in. <laughs> and that kind of makes it stand out from, like you say, the more formulaic of these movies. And I think the music is great. So I heard that, you know, Kirsten Dunst wanted to do this film predominantly because she got to sing and she really wanted to sing. So it's her like singing debut. And she has like a very sweet voice. I wouldn't say it's incredibly powerful or like, you know, <laughs> amazing, but it's very sweet. And that kind of touch of naivety is something that I really love. She does feel very like a genuine teenager, as does Ben Foster, actually. Mm. You know, I think he might be 20, but like you say, he looks young, he looks the part. Mm. And and the fact that he's not A, like this incredible hunk, but he's also not the very bottom of the barrel. He is literally like just a normal kid who has mm. friends and has hot girlfriends and that's <laughs> that's fine. Do you know what I mean? I kind of like yeah. That I kind of like that the sort of the averageness of that. Mm. Mm. He says he's a bit of a, he is a bit of an in betweener in it, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think they all are. And yeah, I think Colin Hanks is brilliant as well. I would love to have seen more from Colin Hanks in this because mm. he's he's really good. He's yeah. so funny, isn't he? Mm. He's he's got, has like a great little side role. And Cisco, um, <laughs> Cisco, yeah, who I think had made it big by that point so but no, maybe so, the so film came out I, I, I was like I, I've never thought before I'm going to google when did the thong song yeah, by yeah. Cisco that's in your search history <laughs> forever now. now yeah I'm got, yeah <laughs> can you tell us about this Mr Hallam I just wanted to know when the thong song came out <laughs> <laughs> when did it come out uh yeah. like not long after this so maybe like 18 right, months or a year, a year oh, after this yeah. obviously he he has the big curtain call ending as well i like the ending as well i like a curtain call it's quite bollywood isn't it that idea of yeah and at the end there's just a big dance and everyone's yeah. there like to it's earth quite, wind and fires to september, september yeah, yeah which is which yeah, is an amazing song yeah. as well yeah so yeah. Uh, anything else for you alice anything else on the on the likes or any other points well, I just want to mention the highlight of the film for me, which is the actual production of A Midsummer Night's <laughs> Rockin' Eve at the end. So I thoroughly enjoyed the effort that's gone into this. So the choreography, someone's written lyrics and music for it. The set design is incredible. The costumes are great. And I found it all so enjoyable. And I feel like I could have watched the whole thing. I want to <laughs> see the whole production of that. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And just one thing I wanted to mention as well I this doesn't fall into likes or dislikes but i just thought it was funny so we've got that girl who's like really unlucky i think she's from new zealand mm. is her name dora lynn yeah mm. is that her right yeah. and one of the things that the film chooses to do to show that she's unlucky is that she puts 50 cents or a dollar or whatever it is in the tampon machine and then she get lo she gets loads of tampons that fly out the machine, and I was like, "That's, great. that's a bargain." Yeah. <laughs> She's just got like twenty tampons for the price of one. I was like, "That's good luck." If that you is actually, me. yeah. To be fair, so I thought that was interesting. It's just that they do hit a few of the girls. Maybe on the head she's or unlucky. Maybe it's like a political point because you shouldn't have to pay for it. So she's unlucky in that sense. Oh, oh yeah, deep, it's deep, deep in it. That's what it is. I like it. That <laughs> you thought much it. more about that than the filmmakers did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but those, yeah, those are the main things for me. What about you, Josh? Is there anything yeah, else for you? I think that's, in terms of the dislike, in terms of the likes, sorry, I think that is pretty much it. I think just to touch on your point there about the play, I think it's it's a testament to the director because it's it's not easy, or surely it's not easy to direct a load of competent actors in a play that's meant to be a bit crap. Yeah, like it's not yeah, meant to yeah, be. Yeah. It's not it's not meant to be this amazing play is it it's, it's not meant to be a train wreck it's just sort of meant to be a standard high school adaptation of a midsummer night's dream so obviously you've got things in it where it's a bit all chucked together on the back of a cigarette packet and stuff like that whereas obviously in it you've got loads of really talented professional actors who are, who, are, who are then have gone on to bigger things so it, it's not it's not easy it's like getting a stand-up to look like a crap stand-up mm -hmm. do you know what i mean it's 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 not it's not easy to do that so i think that was really good but no that's about it for me that uh, in terms of what we what i liked about it. is there anything else from you rihanna hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f are you talking about you insane hollywood ass 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, there, I mean, there, there were just like all these little moments, which I really appreciate. But yeah, I think we've kind of, we've covered the main ones. I, yeah, again, with Martin Short, I never used to love his character when I was younger watching this and then com- have come, I guess, especially since watching Only Murders in the Building mm. and liking him much more as an actor and then going back to this and then finding him much more entertaining than I used to. Um, so that's interesting about, you know, us growing up and growing like, <laughs> actually more to the age of the teachers than the kids. <laughs> so fucking depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was relating more to the pissed off teacher than, yeah. than the bright-eyed kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, I also really like okay there like I think there are some there aren't uh, there's not great messaging in there if we're looking at it now from mm. like our lens but also what I do like is how nice Burke is to Kelly um mm. yeah to Kelly to just but like he he really appreciates her and he said he does not like he ignores her the whole way through he's just obviously he's fixated on Allison, which I think is quite problematic to be honest, rewatching this. But he is really kind to her and rings her up to say thank you and gets her a little present to acknowledge the time that she's taken mm. to coach him into this this play and the singing and everything. And I was like, actually, seeing a teenage boy be quite sensitive mm. and but not being overt about it is kind of lovely. I really mm. like that. So maybe his, you know, sex positive parents and all their openness actually did genuinely rub off on him a little bit because he's he's like a decent guy. Okay then, so we'll move on to things that we might change about it or that we didn't like about get over it then. Um come to you first, Atlas. Is 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 there much or was it was it okay? Were you over it? <laughs> no, wasn't quite over it. I've got a few things that <laughs> I want to mention. So first of all, I'll start with a couple of technical points. Uh, to discuss. So the audio I found during the louder and busier scenes just wasn't balanced that well so that the dialogue got lost in certain moments. And this is something that I have noticed with a few films from around this time with perhaps a bit of a lower budget. So it just meant that I lost the odd word in certain scenes. It's that there's like a big school dance or something and like there's music going on and everybody's talking in the background and just a lot of the dialogue I just I just missed and I couldn't quite hear what was going on. Um, elsewhere, so... <laughs> So this isn't necessarily a dislike, but I have to mention it, is some of the transitions in this. So the side (laughs) wipes and the circle wipes just gave me a laugh every time, right? Because they are already outdated by, what was this, 2001? 2001, Mm. They are already 10 years ago. I know, I know. So I was like, wow, I would just love to know what the filmmakers were thinking to include those in there. So I thought that was quite amusing. Um, 
away from that. So I did think that in general, the energy of the film was quite low. So mm. a lot of the time it did just sort of plod along and wasn't hugely exciting or overly engaging. But then when certain characters would come on and some of the stronger performers were on screen, this did really remedy that a bit, especially with uh, people like Martin Short. And then just finally, so I didn't find Burke to be a very likable character and I didn't find him hugely engaging. So that's not to say that I have to always like my characters to find them engaging. So if you think about someone like Stifler in American Pie or Barry in Road Trip, so they aren't particularly likable, but you are still intrigued by them. Whereas with Burke, he wasn't very likable or intriguing for me. And it just seemed like he was making Alison feel really uncomfortable a lot of the time. Mm. However... The film is called Get Over It, right? So that makes me think that maybe the film is aware that Burke is being a bit whiny and a bit annoying mm -hmm. about the whole thing. And the film is saying, you need to get over it sort of thing. So I was sort of thinking about it in that way. I was like, oh yeah, that sort of justifies mm -hmm. it and I can understand that. So I just didn't feel... I didn't feel that oomph with him as the protagonist. I think I definitely preferred Kirsten Dunst's character. Mm -hmm. And I really liked Stryker. Not yeah, because he was he was just he was just so funny in how awful he was. Yeah. And like I found that quite intriguing and quite engaging and his weird British accent. Um <laughs> but yeah, but those those were the main things for me. I definitely think there was more to like in there than dislike. Mm. Uh, what about you, Josh? What's on your list for this? It's funny, isn't it? You're talking about you talking about Burke as a character. I think it's almost a victim of the time, isn't it? Because there was definitely a message in films around this time. It, the, stuff like this, American Pie, other ones that don't come to mind, which the message for young men seemed to be, well, just keep trying. Yeah. yeah. Chaser. Keep chasing. Just keep going. Honestly, yeah. mate. Honestly, mate. You, just, you, just stick, you, you hang in there. And mm. <laughs> eventually she'll give up. Like, it's not, you know, it, so so I think there's probably an element of that. My main one, um, and I'm surprised it's just come up now, Shane West's accent. Like, <laughs> so he's in, he's English in it. I can see no reason why that character needs to be English, apart from the fact that they may have gone, oh, it's a Shakespeare adaptation, so we need Maybe. something in there. I don't think he is supposed to be English. I think that's the is point. He, is he meant to be I putting think, it on? I think they're all like, your accent is so fucking weird. What yeah. the hell is wrong with your accent? It's not He's, real. Yeah. So that's and what I was waiting for. At one point, yeah. I was, I was waiting for him to snap out of it and go, yeah. Okay, this is how I sound, really. Yeah. And he didn't. And I think maybe because he didn't do that, I my takeaway was, oh, well, he's just, he can't do a British accent. But his accent is so bad. There's no yeah. way it would get through that many people. But they keep telling him it's so bad. So it's, Yeah, that's true. But I do have like a weird Mandela effect about this where I thought there was a scene where it slipped <laughs> and it turned out that he was American, but that doesn't happen. It, just happened. it was clearly my brain just filling in that, because it is quite a gaping hole that that, doesn't, that scene doesn't exist. But mm. I do think that maybe one day it did. I think that's the thing with a lot of these subplots is that it feels like they are all missing one more little scene mm. to just tie it all off neatly and then they mm. just cut it even though it's only like 80 minutes so there is room for all those bits to be tied up mm. but mm. I agree that that is definitely one but um yeah I the whole way through I, the thing is I don't I think it is kind of hysterically awful except that yeah. I can never quite understand what he's saying ever yeah, and he I, says it I so fast and he swallows yeah. it because um, he's obviously not so uncomfortable doing this voice. <laughs> and so I think he says, like, what does he say? He's like, what are you, you know, waffling on about or something? But it, I, I had to like listen to it about three times to actually mm. hear him, what he was saying. So, what? yeah, it's not very successful. I, I had thought, and I don't know if I just made this up when I was watching it, but I thought I'd heard or that part of the story was that he was American but then moved to England to be in the band and then comes back with this like phony British accent because Burke does say something near the end where he's like, um, you're you're starting to sound ridiculous with the accent. You sound like something, something. Mary Poppins. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sounds like Mary Poppins, doesn't yeah. it? Um, so I thought, oh, he must have just, 
he's done that thing where he's moved away and then come back. Like, did Madonna do the same thing or something? It's like, oh, hello, everyone. I now speak <laughs> with an English accent. But it's just, it doesn't sound like anything. Yeah, his so dad... that's what I thought happened. His dad... So he's have, there's a conversation where we're in, they're in the club and he's talking to a girl and he was like, oh, my dad worked for, like, the foreign office or something. So we've, like, lived all over including okay. like X, Y, and Z. And then he said in Amsterdam, then I became part of this boy band. And she kind of says, oh, so is this your first time in America? And he doesn't answer, but he just, she's wearing a t-shirt that says lucky. And he goes, lucky, I guess. <laughs> and it's not, it's like a bit of a, oh, yeah. is, is that, is he dodging the question? Mm. I mean, again, I do think that just by us talking about it for 45 minutes, we've already <laughs> thought about it more than the writers and the director. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that's probably true. You know what I mean? Like, there are um, so many little plot holes in this. <laughs> but over, other than that, which is, I suppose, an unanswered question that we've just tried to answer, um, the only <laughs> other bit was, was that the odd bit of comedy that didn't land. Like, when, so when... When he does, you know, when he does this song about Alison and Shane, when Stryker sings the song about Alison, I remember thinking, is this supposed to be so bad it's funny? It's almost like they didn't commit either way, so they just did it, and it's like, it's just there, and you're and just sort of going, is it meant to be so bad it's funny? Is it actually meant to be okay? I'm not sure. I'd I'd, I'd probably fall down the side of it's meant to be so bad it's funny. But it, which it one? Did, Who, um, which he, guy? He, he, sorry, Stryker Robert. writes a song about Alison, doesn't he? I think that's, so I think that's an, Elvis Costello song, right? Is oh, it, is it? Does it? Because Burke sings it initially, and that is so bad. It's supposed mm. to be funny, I guess. Oh no, not so. No, the the one that, that Stryker says he's written for Alison that he plays in his or does he play it in his audition on the piano? See, I thought that was the same song. Is it? Oh, maybe it is. Then <laughs> I don't know. Like you said we've already talked about it. More but I than... think he's supposed to be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't other know. than that, I don't. I don't. Um, there isn't really. There was one bit where I thought when when Stryker cheats on Alison, it's with her friend who's played by another really young Zoe Saldana, and I was like, part of me thought it didn't need to be her. It could have just been mm. any anyone. Um, didn't need. But but that's neither here nor there. But no, that's about it. Is there, is there anything for you then, Rihanna? Is there anything you would really dislike or you'd really change about it? Yeah, I do. I think the the whole idea of like keep persisting and then they'll fall back in love with mm. you thing, and the fact that Allison then does really annoys mm. me because it's like, oh, he was justified in his pursuit of her, even mm. if he by the end of it had changed his mind. Um, I thought that was a bit shitty, but I think that's very much early two thousands mm. politics. Keep trying, <laughs> just yeah. Keep, just keep trying. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like ten things I hate about you does exactly the same thing. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't love that. Um, and that you know, th there are a lot of women just there in bikinis to show off their. Well, as we hear, there's like a quote, literally, tits, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but again, very early noughties mm. kind of uh, lens, which I don't think was great at the time. But yeah, I think those are kind of my my mm. issues. Looking back on it now, it's more about the the sort of sexual, the gender politics of it all, rather mm. than the slightly janky bits about <laughs> it, which I find quite endearing and charming. And the, I kind of like that it's not really slick. And, you know, mm. even like the green screen at the end, when they're all dancing, kind of love that. I'm kind of okay with that now. Like, it looks terrible, but that's fine, because it's so mm. of its time. It's so mm. of an era and it just takes me back in a really lovely way. And like you say, it kind of showcases these amazing actors that have gone on to incredible, incredible projects. Mm, and mm. even, I mean, to be fair, Kirsten Dunst had already done some incredible pro projects. She'd already done like The Virgin Suicides by this mm, point. Interview with a Vampire when she was a kid. Interview with a Vampire, yeah. yeah. It's only the um, year before Spider-Man as well, to be fair. Yes, so she would then yeah, have yeah. gone on to, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, but in terms of those films and the aging of it, it's by no means the worst offender. Do you know what I mean? No. It's not. It's <laughs> oh, not American no Pie. I know it's a bit yeah. different to American Pie because American Pie is far more rooted in sex and a sex comedy, whereas this is more like a teen comedy or more mm. of a romantic comedy. But it's by mm. no means as bad as or uh, as something like American Pie. It just is. There were those things where where you look back and you're like, no, that wasn't great, was it? <laughs> Yeah. Like you say, like the just keep trying or the needless scenes. But like even the scene where they go to the weird dominatrix club thing doesn't really add that much to the film. It's almost like they went, well, yeah, we'll put it in though, because 
funny, isn't it? Or whatever. Yeah, so, kids in a sex club, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll move on to talking about the critical reception then, and then we'll try and figure out if we think it's underrated, underseen, etc. Alice... How do you think? How do you think it did critically? We've already sort of had a hint from Rihanna that it didn't do great. How bad yeah. or how good do you think it did? So, I I think Rihanna said that you think it's it gets under a six on IMDb, and I wonder if I'm just wondering what them over on Rotten Tomatoes would think of it. If maybe I probably think the audience like it more than the critics. I reckon the audience are probably giving it maybe like a mid to high six. What do I think? I'd maybe give it, I'd probably give it like a six max. Mm. Like if, if, if that, that'd be me being a bit generous. I think it wasn't, it didn't quite hit the beats for me, but I know that I'm not the target audience, but I do think if I'd seen this in 2001, I would have been into it. So I'm going to say six, but I reckon it got a bit uh, lower than that. I think you're probably looking at like a low to mid five mm. overall. Okay, okay. Uh, Rihanna, do you, do you know how it did? Or do you want to have a guess? Oh, I, I've i looked. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's absolutely, <laughs> that's that's okay. absolutely fine. Um, so, sorry. So, let's get stuck in then. So at the time of recording over on IMDb, it gets a 5.7 which is sort of around what you were saying there, Alice, but then over on Rotten Tomatoes, it does drop a little bit. The mm-hmm. audience give it 51% and the critics Ooh. give it 43%, which if you Ooh. average those out is more or less a sort of a 5 out of 10, um, 50% sort of score. So, I mean, for me, I I would say that's, I'd say that's underrated because I think this is a sort of solid high 6, 7 out of 10 teen, teen comedy. It's pretty harmless, um, it's good entertainment. It's well paced. You know, it's engaging. I would, I would say that's underrated. What, what would you say, Rihanna? Yeah, I definitely think. I think they are incredibly harsh about this. Forty-three <laughs> percent. I don't think it deserves the vitriol that it's got. Mm. Um, I yeah, I think I kind of like. I think they should have embraced the quirkiness of this movie mm. rather than lambasted it for that. Mm, what mm. would you what would you give it? What is this for you, score wise? I think this is a high seven. Mm. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, but again, it's so difficult to separate sometimes your teenage brain from your adult brain. Because oh, I'm yeah. coming at this totally with I've seen this a lot over the years. You know, mm. it wasn't just I watched it once and then again now I've watched it a lot over the mm. years. Mm. Um and I did it like I even did like a video for the BBC. Um what was it called? I can't remember now. But it was about like teen adaptations of classic literature. Oh right! And so like so this, this was in that. Things I hate about you. And yeah, and like clueless, that. and you know. Yeah, clearly, of course. The, the terrible yeah. O. Oh, my God. I think I've seen that one. Oh, it's all Othello. Oh, God, right. Oh. With Josh Hartnett again. Oh, you know, oh dear. Multiple offender. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think you know how it stands alongside some of the worst ones of that. I mm. think it's pretty up there. Mm. So, so I think I think what do you say in that? Well, well, I think we can can we agree it's under underrated. I think yeah, we could say that it's a bit underrated. And then, do you know about the box office? So, so in terms of the box office, seen. what all I can find on Box Office Mojo, it grossed just under twenty million dollars worldwide. Which even I think that's I think that's that's pretty low. I mean, I, I, it's hard to say because you want to go considering who's in it, but none of them were. They were, yeah. you know, big yeah, at the yeah. time. Um, but the so the budget was twenty two million, right. and engrossed nineteen point nine million. So it Yikes. didn't even make didn't. back his budget. Only just, but it didn't hit it. Right. So I think you could definitely. There's definitely an argument there for it being underseen. And I think when you think about the sort of company that it was in, with the other sort of films that were coming out at the time that were similar genre and how popular mm-hmm. kind of they became and how widely seen they were. This just does like this is like this isn't necessarily even that much worse than those films. So it's interesting that it wasn't mm. even on my radar whatsoever. And obviously you haven't seen it, Josh, either. So I think that's really interesting. But I would definitely say that it's underseen. Mm. Yeah, I think so. It's underrated and underseen. We could do mm-hmm. a we should do a, a some sort of a, a series on teen adaptations that they turned into films of in the in the late nineties because there's so many because there's this, so this has been some night's dream. Um, 10 things out about you is Tamer of the Shrew isn't it mm-hmm. it's Clueless Emma 
Yeah. Yeah. And then what else? So the other one I was thinking about is, did you ever watch She's the Man? That's 12 Nights. Yes. Love There's, She's the Man. I'm trying to think of other ones. They've never done any, like, tra- have, they, have they done any tragedies? Yeah. Oh, done... Othello oh, of course, is yeah, Othello, a tragedy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was so fucking bleak, though. So <laughs> maybe that's why they realise that teenagers don't want to watch. Like, yeah, just do the live ones. <laughs> just do the, just do the yeah, comedies. Let's but... do the comedies. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. Rihanna, thanks so much for coming on and talking to us Thank about you. Get Over It. I hope you enjoyed it. What What have you got going on? What can the listeners look out for? Uh, I am on every Monday morning on Six Music with Lauren Laverne talking about film, streaming, TV, my recommendations. And I'm also on every other Thursday afternoon on BBC Five Live with Nahal Arthanaika mm-hmm, mm-hmm. talking um, all things movies and playing some film games. And I also do a podcast called Pod Pod, which is about podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> it's for podcasters mm. so it's kind of like the business of podcasting it's pretty niche um mm. but it's it's a lot of fun we get to interview quite you know we've had like my dad wrote a porno one there no such thing as a fish and mm. you know a lot of big names um as well as talking to people behind the scenes producers and mm. um you know the money side as well so learning mm. how to monetize your podcast all that kind of stuff mm. so yeah it's that's fun so that's called pod pod that's great. Well, we'll put links to all that stuff um, and your social media and stuff in the episode notes and do some shout outs when this comes out as well. Um, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. And I will say, if if, if we haven't like convinced you to watch Get Over It, at least <laughs> just watch the opening sequence with um, with Vitamin C and <laughs> seeing Captain and Tennille. It's so much fun. That's uh, I used to listen to that on my iPod, iPod <laughs> yeah. um, regularly. I loved it so much. Well, there we go. Another guest episode done. Uh, Get Over It is underseen and uh, underrated, we reckon. So, yeah, um, thanks very much to Rihanna for coming on. It was a pleasure to chat to you. Make sure you check out her pod and listen to her on the multiple things she mentioned there. I'll put links to it, um, all the stuff I can, and her social media in the episode description. We will be back with another episode next week in your ears, talking another underrated or underseen film. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social medias if you just search for just films and that and you'll find us uh, if you fancy supporting the podcast getting a little bit of extra uh, content bonus content ad free episodes episodes a day early heading over to patreon.com forward slash just films and that and you can get a few little bits over there and support us and uh, as well and we very much appreciate it we're on the television as well aren't we alice we are indeed every friday from 6 p.m you can find us on the local tv network so if you live in birmingham bristol leeds or liverpool or the northeast of england you can find us on channel 7 on freeview or if you live in north wales or south wales you can find us on channel 8 on freeview we're also uploading all our little episodes onto daily motion so if you slide on over there and search for just films and that we'll pop up talking about all our favorite underrated and underseen films yes lots of ways to see us hear us get in touch with us and all that stuff thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week for another episode it's goodbye from me cheerio bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.